Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? It is a Wednesday on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me at Dan Bayer on Fox as today's show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. A quick turnaround for one, Mr. Torres. I know you and uh, Jason Martin. Martin, we're in last night for Jason Smith and Mike Carmen and uh, having a good old time. But uh, I appreciate you hanging out today. Should be a lot of fun. I was actually in, I'm in with Jason Martin in this time slot on Friday. I was uh, unfortunately in with Arnie Spanier last. Oh, night. Oh, was Arnie so, last night? Oh, my bad, yes, my bad. Yes, no, it's it's okay. But I, I'm happy to be back. And and obviously, first of all, I, I always appreciate Doug allowing me, uh, you allowing me to join you in this time slot. I love working with you, Dan. And uh, certainly it goes without saying there, there's no shortage of things to talk about. We think of obviously the week between Christmas and New Year's is kind of a downtime. A lot of people off of work, but sports never stops. And uh, re- one, I'm really excited to join you. But two, there's definitely no shortage of things to talk about. Yeah, and we're still kind of reacting to the passing of John Madden. And it's it's one of those things where you don't know how you're going to uh, to take the news when it comes. But when it does, it just uh, takes on a life of its own and the we're almost 24 hours since finding out uh, that John Madden passed away yesterday at the age of 85. And I know last night when you and Arnie were in, it was probably really fresh with a lot of people still reacting. But here we are almost a day later. And I still think that people are in that mode, that they are they are still mourning the loss of the legend. I, I, I think a little bit has to do with what people saw with the documentary on Christmas Day with Fox uh, airing that. And it was such a big deal for the network and to see John Madden and to see uh, what the NFL greats had to say about him to say to see how he responded in that piece. I think that uh, that shock value of, hey, wait, I just saw him on Christmas Day. He looked great. Now he's gone. I think that that had a little bit to do with it. But for the most part, it's just basically about how great of a human being John Madden was and how great he was in anything that he did. Well, and that that's what it is to me and what Arnie and I spent a lot of time talking about last night. I know what you and I will spend a lot of time talking about this afternoon is that it's so it's just so fascinating. Right. And and we have legends in sports and, and guys that do this. He transcended football in three different ways. And, and you and I talked a little bit before the show today, Dan, uh, to a certain generation, a lot of people remember him for being the iconic broadcaster. Uh, younger people now know the video game and maybe don't know much about the broadcasting career. Uh, I, you know, I'm well into my 30s, my late 30s, maybe even at this point. I don't even remember him as a head coach. And when you look at what he did, second highest winning percentage all time, seven AFC championship games, a Super Bowl win, uh, and something Arnie and I talked 
talked about a lot last night. The, the mystique that still follows around the Raiders 40, 50 years later is because of what he did as the head coach of the Raiders, you know, really about 50 years ago now. So it's just incredible. Again, you have great transcendent people that uh, transcend a sport in a certain segment, in a certain way. But for him to do it in three different ways, uh, he really is on the short list of names that will, uh, if there was such a thing as an NFL Mount Rushmore, he would absolutely be on it. There were so many things said on Twitter yesterday and on social media with the tributes to John Madden that I, I mean, I agree with your point about what you and Arnie talked about with the his legacy as a coach and the the winning percentage in the Super Bowl. And to your point, you know, John Madden retires and I don't even think you're alive at that point. You know, so he's <laughs> so far into his broadcasting career at that point that you don't even associate him with being a coach. I don't remember him as a coach and I'm in my mid 40s. I remember John Madden being talked about as the coach of the Raiders, but my first introduction to him was was as a broadcaster. And then you think of the just taking on a life of its own with the the video game and and his role in developing that. And and for those that didn't see the documentary, we're not going to rehash the whole thing. We are I may make a reference here and there, but there was a point where EA Sports said, hey, we want to develop a football game. And we didn't know if the the amount of, uh, you know, of what we had memory or we didn't know what we could all put graphic wise. So we didn't know if we could put 11 players on the field. And he's like, I'm not doing a football game if there aren't 11 players because that's not football. And that, you know, just even that input of starting it, of just being so blunt to develop this brand, and then it ends up taking off and taking on a life of its own is just – is crazy. I hearing people talk about how they associated big games with John Madden yes. and Pat Summerall, which is something that that I really uh, connected to. And I, I believe it was Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports who said this again. There were so many great tributes last night on social media about John Madden and so many things that I felt that other people were saying, but it was the point of. My team arrived if John yes. Madden was was doing a game or Pat Summerall was doing a game. And Peyton Manning even said as much in the documentary where where his family members or his grandpa was always asking if Summerall and Madden were doing their games. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, we've got three wins so far. Probably not. But, uh, <laughs> but then when they did, he finally did a game, it was a really, really big deal. And that's as, as the broadcaster, or actually not even as the broadcaster, Aaron, it's just more of, of that was my memory and my association with John Madden because whenever they did games it was a bigger than life matchup and if your team was the one at the game that they were doing then your team had arrived yeah it's really interesting I I was thinking about this actually after the show Uh, you know I talked about it for four hours last night and but the only thing that I can equate it to there there was one thing I did say last night which was that um, when I was young Thanksgiving football Madden was as much a part of Thanksgiving as the Lions or Cowboys. That that, that was one thing. Is like sure. like it was just you knew Madden was going to be calling that big game. Obviously, when when he was with Fox, it was always the Cowboys. But it it does remind me. I think the only thing that I can really equate it to in kind of modern sports is 
when college game day is coming to your town, and I know it's a, a different network and it's a different sport and it's college versus pro, but when co- it's just different. Like like mm-hmm. when when college game day is coming, you know, to use the cliche, coming to your city, <laughs> it, it it just feels different. It is different. There's a different energy around that game. And again, to your point, you know that it's a big game, and and that was the same thing. I, I saw our boss Eric Shanks uh, was on one of our bosses with Colin this morning. And, you know, he was talking about the idea of, of a, a big game feel of John, John Madden saying uh, Washington versus Dallas always feels big, whether one team is good, one team is bad, one team is, one team isn't. And I bring it up to say whenever John Madden was on that call, it just felt big in terms of you knew it was going to be a good game, marquee brands, probably that, that you know, 4.30 Eastern time window. Um, and and it, it can't be understated enough. It really can't be is just the impact that he had on the games. And then, again, as you said, Dan, the, the, the feel that the game had itself when he was in the booth. The funny thing is, is even back then, I think when he was doing – when he was doing those games, I think the late game started at 4.05 Eastern. The NFL, you know, recently moved back and and uh, the 4.05 Eastern time start, where, as you said, you'd get a Dallas-Washington game. The Giants game saw some Giants clips on, on social media last night of Madden calling them, uh, hearing people saying during the Bears' heyday when Madden was around. All of that, all of it is true. And it's so unique to see how many different memories he provided. Yes. And, and, and I wanted to – I. I just wanted to look back and figure out okay what what is it with John Madden to me is it is it the video game is it the childhood memories of watching him and and watching him call football games on CBS and then and then on Fox and obviously Monday Night Football and NBC after that but I I I thought about it this way because you and I are sitting here doing a national radio show right now uh in the in the height of the NFL regular season, when we are coming down the stretch and playoffs are being decided, this is a big time for for a, a lot of us when it comes to the sporting world. So I just thought this like a John Madden ended up being the broadcaster that we all want to be as a broadcaster. Agreed. And there's there's things about it. First of all, he knows what he's talking about. It's, it's the number one thing. And I think that's when you're listening or you're watching any show or listening to a program on, on the radio, you want the people who are talking to you or who are providing uh, the content to know what they are talking about. You don't get that all the time. Some people may not think that I know what I'm talking about when you're giving certain opinions, but he knew what he was talking about. He did it in an entertaining way, which Mm -hmm. is not easy to do. Sometimes if you know a lot, you, you know a lot, but you can't take that and make it appealing for a listener or a viewer. Just him being the person that he was, lovable guy. And, and and a trusted guy. And those are all kind of intertwined and connected. But realistically, Aaron, the best thing about him, and I think that we all kind of want this as, as a broadcaster, is to be authentic, yep. is to be real and to be yourself. And that's who John Madden was. And he was all those things as a broadcaster. And those things are things that we uh, only can dream of when we're in this profession. Well, yeah, and, and I think sometimes, too, we think of these, you know, we call some some of these broadcasters larger than life, um, and 
a couple things. One, either they have a great personality, but as you said, they don't have the knowledge of the sport or the way to kind of get it get it across to it to an audience. Um, and and he did that. I mean, you know, he made you a smarter football fan for listening to him. You felt like you understood football better, but also that authenticity. And you know, the the you know, we we joked a lot about it, but but the boom, you know, and the, the mm-hmm. this and the like like and and. That was another thing that really struck me, not only just talking about him, thinking about him, but going back, watching clips and stuff, is there was an authenticity to who he was and something that I don't think can be underappreciated. And it's something, you know, you think about so much now with there's so much negativity in sports with the COVID and the this and this guy's in protocols and this guy can't play and the C. This guy just loved football. And you could tell that even in his later years, he had made all the money, you know, worth probably at that point hundreds of millions of dollars because of the video game. But there was nowhere that he would rather be. And, you know, it speaks to the fact, by the way, he's taken a bus across country for 17 weeks a year to call these games. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, getting on a plane at at four o'clock, landing in the city at seven and calling a game the next day. I mean, you know, that was what I think came across was, as you said, not only knowledge and authenticity, but just a clear love and passion for the game. And I think that's something that can't be understated. You know, again, at a time where there's just so much negativity in sports, this was a guy that you could just tell there was nowhere he'd rather be. There's nothing he'd rather be doing than talking about football, thinking about football, being in that booth with Pat Summerall, being in that booth with Al Michaels, and being at the biggest game of the week. This guy's driving across the country, driving through the plains of Nebraska and (laughs) and stopping at all these places. And it's such a great metaphor for who he was because he touched so many people and just it and and when you are at the level of the broadcaster that he was and, and really at the coach of he was and who he was as a, as a person it's very difficult I think at times for people to um, relate to the common person to the you know to mm. the common man as we would say but he was so able to do that and and one of the great things and I I suggest anybody the 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 documentary, if you didn't see it on Christmas Day, it was replayed last night on Fox Sports 1. It'll be replayed again. I know it's going to be on streaming services. But in the piece, you thought you were going to hear from a football great. And even at the beginning of the documentary, Aaron, they showed clips of players and they showed a clip of Tom Brady and they uh, showed a clip of Patrick Mahomes. And you didn't see those guys in the documentary until the end. But you know what you did see? You did mm-hmm. see stuff from the guys that he worked with at his various networks. You saw the guy who drove the Madden bus for 23 years. Wow. You heard from the guy who made the turducken. Like, that's what that, <laughs> yeah. that like, it wasn't like when you're trying to describe John Madden, essentially what the documentary did was we're bumping Tom Brady. So we can get the guy who combined a turkey, duck, and chicken (laughs) for John Madden. And it was so true, and it was the right decision. And that tells you really who John Madden is. And, uh, yeah, just even – you know, we're again twenty four hours away. It's still it still stings. It still hurts. It's not like you're thinking every day, "Oh, John Madden's alive," but when he's gone, man, does it sting. Well, and 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 last last little thought is that um, again, I, I just think when you look at at all the ways that he touched football, um, you know, I, I think it, I think you can make a legitimate argument. He is, I don't know if the most, I don't know if importance the right word, but but. I, I don't know what the right word is, but just his impact on football, mm-hmm. I think you could argue, is number one, right? Bill Belichick's the greatest coach that, that has ever lived. 
but he wasn't the greatest broadcaster too. He d- there's never going to be a Bill Belichick football that our grandkids are playing, you know, 40 years from now. Um, and so when you think about his overarching uh, impact on this sport, again, I just don't think it can be understated because again, for three distinct generations of people spanning uh, probably the last 50, 60 years and for another, who knows, 20, 30, 40 years going forward, they're going to remember John Madden for something a little bit different. And that speaks to a, a, a true true guy that was not only a great coach, not only a great broadcaster, but just in general, a legend of football. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb on Fox Sports Radio. Bo Benson's our executive producer today. Don Brown, our technical producer, Isaac Lohenkron, will be with us as well a little bit later on. He's at the news desk giving us all the latest of what's happening today. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Get Aaron on Twitter, at Aaron underscore Torres. Find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. One college football program gets it. We'll explain next year on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer. He's Aaron Torres as we sit in for Doug today. Going to be talking a little bit more about John Madden with Steve Hartman. Radio legend Steve Hartman. You can hear him on Fox Sports Radio Saturdays and Sundays. Also in San Diego at Extra 1360. Uh, Hartman, once an employee of the Raiders, he will weigh in on the life and times of John Madden. Got some good tweets. The great Blue Dini, great to hear from Blue. If you think about football in a whole and compare it to the decathlon, Madden might not have been the best at a single category, but he was good at multiple categories that he's arguably one of the most important impactful the game has ever known true in coaching video game wise i think he's number one and i actually I think as an analyst he's number one so it may be at the top of most categories and then when he comes to coaching he held his own there that he could be uh so impactful well and i would add i, I don't think i realized how great of a coach that he was until he passed uh, yesterday and you start doing some research and seven afc championship games in 10 years um you know a super bowl win he still has the second highest win percentage of all time, Dan, in NFL history. Wow. And it's not as yeah, it's not as though he only coached for like three years. I mean, he coached for a decade. Um, and what I would also say, too, is, um, you know, we had a great clip last night of him hosting Saturday Night Live with Eddie Murphy. And I bring it up because I don't think I realized how big he was in pop culture for how long he was in pop culture, right? Like, I, I obviously probably started becoming a fan of football in the, the, the early to mid-90s, and, and he was pretty well established at that point through the end of his broadcasting career in the late 2000s. But I bring it up because there he was on Saturday Night Live, probably, and I don't claim to be a, a, a film and TV junkie, but, you know, Eddie Murphy seems like kind of the heyday of Saturday Night Live. And there's John Madden, four years removed from coaching. We're not talking about 25 years in the broadcast booth. Yeah. Four years removed from coaching. There he is, uh, you know, battling wits with Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live. It's, it's crazy. I didn't even know he was on Saturday Night Live until, uh, you know, within the last 24 hours. So that is mm-hmm. that is great stuff. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Now what's the worst that can happen? Get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. 
You kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Right now in the Pinstripe Bowl, Maryland and Virginia Tech are playing. And I know Isaac Lohenkron will update us on the score of this game when we go over to the news desk. I just want to update you on the uniforms. You know what Maryland is wearing? They're wearing their flag helmets. And I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the flag helmet. I like the creativity. I think Maryland's flag is one of the few flags, Aaron, that you could do that design. But what I love is what Virginia Tech did. And if you're a guy like me that loves hats and loves helmets, I was always annoyed with the different color Yankee caps. And even the different color Dodger caps that we see, like a Dodger cap should be blue. A Yankee cap should be dark navy. I don't need a red one. I don't need a a green one on St. Patrick's Day. I like to keep it as it is. However, Virginia Tech has kind of swayed me because they have put the NY of the Yankees on one side of their helmet in the pinstripe bowl. And this is this is on the heels as well as Utah unveiling their helmet logo that they're going to wear in the Rose Bowl. It's their uh, double U logo with the rose going through it. And I love it when teams embrace their bowl games. And now if you could take this, like if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you could wear a maroon Yankees cap and you could just say, hey, tied up with our pinstripe bowl i think all pinstripe bowl participants from now on in future years should have a yankee decal in their team colors moving forward it's so funny right because this time of year and when you mentioned that you wanted to talk about this today i thought of this is this time of year again and we were talking about it with Madden a minute ago the joy that he brought to broadcast you could just tell he loved loved doing it and there again so much negativity about certain things in sports and one of them is all these bowl games that aren't the playoff uh, what are we even doing and it's like you know what for most of the guys that are playing for Virginia Tech for most of the guys that are playing for Maryland for most of the guys that played for Minnesota last night in the guaranteed rape they're not going to the NFL they're not playing for 10 years they're not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or whoever I can't you know fill in the blank Aaron Donald whatever and so I bring it up because we've turned this into a thing where we can't just have fun in sports anymore right and these bowl games are supposed to be fun if the players don't want to play they can opt out they could do their thing whatever but if you show up it's not the end of the world have some fun be creative be unique by the way play a a football game in a baseball stadium We, we had one last night in Phoenix we were supposed to have one at Petco Park we have this one now at Yankee Stadium and if you want to wear a quirky alternate helmet for a one-off game in a baseball stadium where you'll never play another football game again, do it. I love it. I think it makes it unique. I think all these bowl games, I have no problem with trying new things, trying new uniforms, trying new players in different – like, I have no problem with it all. We At some point, we got so serious in how we cover sports. It's allowed – we're allowed to have fun, and I think wearing the quirky New York Yankees logo on a Virginia Tech helmet I think is the epitome of – we can still have fun in sports, and I think this is a good example of it. I think it's genius. I'd love a team to try to do a pinstripe helmet if they wanted to one year if yes. they made it to the pinstripe bowl i am all for it now in saying that that's about the only thing that's gone right for virginia tech today <laughs> the radio legend himself again you can hear him on weekends here on fox sports radio if you're in san diego you can hear him weekday mornings on extra 1360 and former raiders employee here to shed some more light on the life and times of of john madden steve hartman does join us i would i would throw out your twitter handle but the last thing you tweeted about was bob melvin in october so i don't even know if we <laughs> we need we need to do that but i do, i am curious steve 
You hear the news yesterday that John Madden has passed at the age of 85. First, what's the first thing that popped into your mind when you heard the news? Well, well first of all, Dan, I got to apologize to Aaron. He caught me on date night last night. He wanted me to come mm. on with he and Arnie yesterday, but he knew I was on date night. So uh, it's amazing how he my knows post. about on my social Tuesday. life. You don't wow. ever yeah, stop Tuesday, talking about Tuesday, it when you're in studio, but yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it, it's like any any other uh, figure. If, if you've had some kind of personal interaction, uh, as I had with uh, Coach Madden, immediately thoughts come to that. First of all, let me say this about the name Madden. When I think about the names most closely associated with the identity of the NFL, I think of three names. I think of Hallis, I think of Lombardi, and I think of Madden. And they're different eras. I mean, Hallis goes back to the origins of the league, basically the father of the NFL. Lombardi's name obviously still resonates so many years later. And I think of Madden. And I think that that name on so many levels as a coach, as a commentator, and, of course, the Madden games have put him in a absolute upper echelon of the names most identified with the NFL. But i got two quick stories to share with you. The first time I inter- interviewed John Madden and the last time I interviewed John Madden. <laughs> the first time I interviewed John Madden, and of course, working for the Raiders in the 80s, I had met John Madden a couple of times. He'd come down to the facilities. He was sort of the L.A. Raiders back in the 80s uh, and, and just passingly had been introduced to him a couple of times. So when I started at 690, so this was about 1992, early 1992, Chet Forty and I were doing our radio show, and I was in Los Angeles. Chet was in San Diego, and our producer, Chris Visser, was also in San Diego. And Visser had been trying to get Madden on the radio. He, he was a relentless producer, one of those types. That's, he's going to get his guy eventually. So the only communication I had with Visser would he be yelling in my ear during commercial breaks or whatever. So we're just doing a normal radio show. And all of a sudden, in my ear, I hear Visser scream out, Madden, we've got Madden right now. We've got Madden right now. And I'm like, hey, Chet, um, we're, we're going to switch gears right now. Joining us right now, coaching legend, great commentator. I don't know, at CBS at the time, John Madden. Coach, how are you? And I hear, shh. And I'm like, Coach, are you there? All of a sudden, I hear, Who's this? And I'm like, uh, Coach, this is Steve Harbin with Chef Forty. How are you? He goes, I'm in the shower. And he hangs <laughs> up. <laughs> and I'm like, what just happened? The sh- I was hearing the shower. I don't know how Visser got him to answer the phone when he was in the shower. It was it was one of the – I wish social media was booming in those days. That would have lived on in infamy. It was the shortest <laughs> interview I ever did in my entire radio career. Um, all what about time the last classic. time? Yeah, what, what was the last time? time, the last interview? So the last time I did an interview was right at Fox Sports Radio. So back in 2005, I get a phone call from someone I worked with briefly with the Raiders in the late 80s, Mike Madden. That would be John Madden's son. Mike and I became good friends, and we worked together for a brief period, and I left the Raiders. He left the Raiders, did some other things, but we stayed in contact off and on. And I get a phone call in 2005 from Mike Madden, 
And he calls me and he says, my, my dad has just been selected as a senior's candidate for the Hall of Fame. And he goes, I know you're the stack guru, Steve. Do you have any, anything we can use to help my dad get into the Hall of Fame? So I had a stat in my mind and I looked it up. And it had to do with Hall of Fame coaches going against each other, right? And Hall of Fame coaches, if you look it up, pretty much 50-50, predictably, their records head-to-head. So then I looked up John Madden's record head-to-head against coaches who were already in the Hall of Fame at that time. And he won 67% of his games. So I called Mike. I gave him the stat. So the following January, John Madden was elected to the Hall of Fame, and it was a big moment for him, obviously. Three years later, I'm now working with Chris Myers doing our national show at Fox. And you know Chris, guys. So Chris, you know, he he likes to do a little showing off because, you know, he's been in the business big time for years, and we get John Madden on the show. And so Chris introduces him, Coach, how are you? You know, Steve Harbin here, and and Madden comes on and says, hey, Chris, how are you? Steve, I want to thank you for all your efforts in helping me get into the Hall of Fame. How did that make you feel, Steve, when he says that on radio? First of all, I was absolutely flabbergasted because this had been three years earlier I never spoke to Coach Madden directly about the Hall of Fame, only mm-hmm. through his son. Why his son would tell him anything about how I got involved in trying to help him get in the Hall of Fame was beyond me. It was mind-blowing, I mean, to me, to have someone of the stature of John Madden, A, even know who, I'm, who I am, B, that he would say that on a radio show just Blew my mind. Also blew Myers' mind. You know, you know, Chris. He he didn't like that. Uh, you know, being trumpeted. You know. uh, <laughs> um, but all kidding aside, um, it, it it just speaks volumes. This is the one thing I've always said about John Madden and why his appeal was across the board. A hundred percent except exception exception no uh, accepted by fans across the board, whether you're 20 years old or 70 years old, and that is, is that he was genuine. Yes. I mean, John Madden was John Madden. And those in the beginning, when he first hit the broadcast scene, we'd never seen anything like him before. He was definitely different. But what made it work was he was genuine. That's who he was. He loved football. He was obsessed with football. He made no pretense about it. He was absolutely a super fan of the sport of football, and that came across, and that's why he became such a legend. Steve, I wanted to ask you, you know, you you keep referencing him as Coach Madden. I mean, you know, I vividly remember him as the broadcaster and, of course, the, the, you know, the mogul with the video games. For people who never got a chance to see him Coach, what was his demeanor like? What was his attitude like? Because I think about something I've been talking to Dan about is I feel like the Raiders mystique that is still around this organization, the bad boys, the rebels, the pirates, like that all started with John Madden, right? Aaron, you're absolutely right, man. Here's, Here's the thing. When you had, by the time the Madden became the coach in 1969, the Raiders had come to prominence a couple years before that. Uh, but when Madden joined the team and you had eventually Ken Stabler become the starting quarterback and that entire group of misfits, this disheveled, overweight, you know, bombastic on the sidelines coach was a perfect fit. 
But here's the thing about John Madden. He was also an insanely intelligent man, and he he just fit that organization to a T. Absolutely a perfect marriage between a coach and a team. The irony, of course, about his coaching career and why it took so many years for him to get into the Hall of Fame is that his post-football coaching career really overcast, overshadowed everything he had done. This guy had the highest winning percentage of any coach in the history of the NFL who coached at least 100 games, higher than Lombardi's. But the problem for him was he was 1-6 in AFL-slash-AFC championship games. Only one year could he get past the Steelers, or it was the Chiefs one year, the Dolphins one year. Only once could he get to that next level. And, of course, they won the Super Bowl that year, Super Bowl eleven. So he was the kind of coach who was very beloved by his team because he had very simple rules. He honestly told them, I really don't care what you do with your personal lives at all. But here's what I do expect. I expect you to be on time for practice, and I expect you to be 100% ready to play on Sunday. And that was it. And they loved him for it. And because of that, they played hard for him. So he was beloved by his team, his players. And, um, and you know, and honestly, that attitude carried on for the rest of his life. Amazing. Amazing tribute from Steve Hartman, who you can hear on Fox Sports Radio weekends, Saturday and Sunday. And I'm sure John Madden will still be talked about coming up this weekend. Of course, weekday mornings as well on 1360 in San Diego. Steve, we appreciate the time. If I don't talk to you, happy new year. And uh, yeah, best of luck. Thanks again. Absolutely, Dan and Aaron. And again, never interview anyone that's in the shower. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> it's never a good idea to interview anyone in the shower. I, uh, I learned my lesson. That is some sage advice. Appreciate it, Steve. See you, Steve. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. Do you think it's okay to drive stone? The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. There is a new number one in college basketball with a twist. We'll explain next year on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug on this Wednesday. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Getting response about the passing of John Madden. We'll pass along your tweets throughout the show. But in the meantime, let's bring in the crew as it's time to play a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb show. 
I'll bring in Isaac Lohenkron in a moment. But first, I want to tell you that it can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go, and you think of calling for a ride home. Now what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Hello, Isaac. How are you? I'm in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Ama- I thought it was static when Hartman was talking about it at first, that it was Me a too. bad connection. <laughs> oh, man. Unexpected uh, direction. Uh, I know Bo Benson, our executive producer, is here as well. Our technical producer, Don Brown. What, uh, what game are we playing today, Isaac? All right, let's see. <sighs> I feel a draft. Ooh, all right. And today's topic, programs you most associate with college basketball. Here's the order. It's going to be me, Aaron, Don, Bo, Dan, and then backwards. So it's going to be Dan having the fifth and sixth picks and so on and so forth. I actually traded up uh, to get the number one pick, which I appreciate you guys very much. So programs we associate both, most with college basketball, you got to go number one, UCLA. And with that, Aaron. Number two pick. Uh, I would say North Carolina. Don. uh, Wait wait a second here. First of all, we know Isaac had to say UCLA because of his happy home. You you, you know firsthand. You were there at the start. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised North Carolina number two with Aaron. That's uh, I I thought I I would have actually taken Carolina number one had I had the top pick. Uh, You know, everyone knows I love my alma mater. They'll be off the board soon. I'm not worried about that. But. I just feel like Carolina is, you know, Jordan, the baby blues. Mm-hmm. I don't I feel like they like like even there's a like a little mystique around North Carolina. Even like listen, I wrote a book about Kentucky. I know the Kentucky program well, but I feel like there's even a mystique around North Carolina that maybe there isn't even around a, a school like Kentucky. Fair enough. Fair enough. Interesting. You mad I didn't pick my, my alma mater? No, I no. Back. Actually, I didn't think you'd pick your alma mater. I thought oh, okay. there'd be a couple of other schools that you maybe one you even mentioned. But okay. we'll see if they're available to Don Brown at number three. Uh, yeah, I hear everything Torres was saying, but ain't nobody trying to hear all day. Go Duke. Go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number four pick goes to Bo. Oh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Kansas here. Uh, oh, that's a good pick. Rock Chalk. Oh, sorry, man. Next I've two got, picks. Yeah, I got a good uh, – there are a lot of schools, and, how, and, and I don't think that anybody made a bad pick in their first four, but I will take Kentucky fifth. I will take Kentucky at number five, and I will take a, a, a school in a state that borders Kentucky – I'm going to go Indiana, number I like six. Ooh, yeah, okay. I, I mean, even even with maybe not the great success that the Hoosiers would have uh, wanted to have, it's still uh, a basketball school. I will tell so you, I'm going if Indiana, Indiana. If Indiana ever gets good again, I mean, I don't think people realize how much people in Indiana love Indiana basketball. And they've been miserable for 30 years. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying. So. No, no, it's true. It's could very be, true. Could be on their way. All right, Bo Benson with the seven pick. I'm a... Uh, I'm going to sneak in, and I'll take UConn at number seven here. Ooh. Good choice. Good choice. Women's hoops team got to be included in that exactly. as well. Exactly. That's the exact reason why. All and, right. And Do- I was on the same wave as Bo. I was going to go with the Tennessee Vols. Oh, that's what I was going to oh. do. Good job. Oh. Oh. All right. Aaron, the number Ooh. nine pick. I'm trying to think because you can go historic. You can go modern. Um. I probably go up. I'm going to go modern and I'm going to say a program that really I think the question is programs you most associate with college basketball. 
And so because of it, I'm going to say Gonzaga. Oh, I think that's everybody good. associates college basketball right now, the second with not for the last 50 years, but for the last probably 15 or 20. Okay, that leaves me finally with the 10th pick. It's between UNLV and Michigan because of the Fab Five. Ooh. Oh, I'm going to go with UNLV, believe wow. it or don't, to close it out. <laughs> that's sure what I was going to That was what I was think gonna of football. Take. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, Michigan State, not even in that same state considered. Arizona. Louisville was a team that I thought as well. Arizona, yeah, pretty good. Of course, if Arnie was here, Arizona, number one <laughs> off the uh, If off the question the was football schools, too, Arizona would be number one if Arnie was here. <laughs> uh, back end that, if you will. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer in for Doug Gottlieb. 16 weeks into the NFL season, has it changed forever? We will explain next year on Fox Sports Radio.